Hang in there, idiot. Smiley Kaufman for 61. Wow. I'm Smiley Kaufman, and this is The Smiley Show. All right, guys, welcome back to The Smiley Show. I'm, we have a guest here that is a rookie on the PGA Tour coming off of the Corn Ferry Tour. Jake Knapp, the long-hitting PGA Tour player, just had a great finish at the Farmers Insurance Open and cashed in pretty nice. And Jake, have you spent all the money yet, or what, what's the deal? Are we, are we bought anything cool? No, nothing, uh, nothing too exciting. That's for sure. Um, got my brother a birthday present last night and then that was, uh, that was about it so far and going to do my best to save it the best I can. Did I read right? Was it $474,000? Uh, yeah, four seventy-seven. I think it is four seventy-seven. I, I, I cheated him $3,000. I mean, that's gotta be a pretty <laughs> dang cool text to get, right? Yeah. Yeah. Very, uh, very surreal. I mean, even, even last year on, on, uh, uh corn ferry like i think it was the final check of the year or maybe maybe in uh i think it was ohio state was like my biggest biggest check ever received or you know the largest text ever received from the pga tour and i was like man that's just a what was it? a lot of money uh i can't remember exactly i want to say maybe somewhere around 60 70 grand something yeah. like that but i had a similar text uh I think it was because I won on the Corn Ferry like one of the first couple of weeks that I played. But then I don't know, later in the year, I I finished second at Springfield and I got a text for like finishing second for like 72 grand or something like that. And I was like, holy crap. Like, I don't know why it didn't hit me the first time, but like the second place and making that much money on the Corn Ferry. I was like, oh, this is sick. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I, I I still I crack up about it because when I finished, I played uh, like my first taste of professional golf at a pga tour event was the rbc in in 2019 and i was able to squeak by and make the cut and then didn't play any good on the weekend but finished in like third to last and got a check for i think it was like just under 20 grand or like 18 19 grand something like that and i'm like this is literally better than the second place finish on the canadian tour i'm like this is absolutely nuts so that was a cool feeling and you definitely spent some time on the Canadian tour. I'm going to get into that in just a minute, but let's go back to the farmer's insurance open where you had your great finish and uh, coming down the stretch or just the back nine, you know, kind of being up near the lead, you know, did you have intentions on like pushing to try to win the golf tournament? Or were you trying to hold, like, how did you feel that day with your golf swing? Were you in a good spot mentally to feel like I can keep pushing to try to win this tournament? I know farmers isn't a place that you can play super aggressive. So just kind of want to know where your head was at on that back nine at, at the farmers past week. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I told, I told my, my caddy or we kind of talked about it. felt like my ball striking was getting a little bit better each and every day. Um, driver was kind of in and out as the week went on. There was like some stretches during rounds where I drive it great. And then sometimes where I wasn't, um, unfortunately my driver got flagged at uh the amex is being too hot and so it got taken for me there so driver's been a little bit of a struggle this last like week and a half but um we kind of tried to figure it out as the week went on but just kind of couldn't get it fully dialed and uh so yeah i mean i i i definitely wanted to push it i mean my caddy knows i'm never afraid to play aggressive um but at the same time at this point in my career i mean a a third place means a lot more than 12th or something yes, like that. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, coming down the stretch, I mean, we both kind of said like, all right, you know, 11 and 12, let's just go hit solid shots, make par. And then 13 in, we can, 
we can start to green light and, and get after it, especially if you can get it in the fairway. Yeah. Um, we we kind of went through the pins earlier or uh, the night before, and we talked about how like, you know, uh, what was it? 15 was in a bit of a bowl. 16 was tough. 17 was in a bowl and 18 was in a bowl. So it was like, you hit the fairway, you're going to, mm-hmm. you know, and you hit it solid, you're going to have good chances. So um, yeah, I mean, unfortunately missed a fairway and 15 was able to have a good up and down there. And then, 16 hit a great shot and somehow left my, my birdie putt about four feet short. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, and 17 is just like a hard fairway to hit. And, you know, unfortunately just didn't make a great swing, but um, yeah. And then <clears throat> 18, I think if I'm playing any other tournament and I'm in any other position, I probably try to get it closer to the pin, but I was just perfectly in between two iron and four iron. And I was like, you know, I'm not going to, try to take too much distance off of a two iron that's hard in to do. situation yeah exactly and i know my tendency when i do that is to hit it left and that's not a good you know a fantastic place to get up and down from so i was like you know i'm just gonna hit it stock middle of the green i'm like the back edge is you know we were still concerned like there could be a gust you know could yeah. maybe even come up short so it was like let's just hit it stock if it goes over it goes into the back part of the green totally fine and i was honestly surprised it carried the green too so that was just a <laughs> just so a well-struck shot yeah <laughs> how far was it uh i want to say we had like 236 front and 240 pin man so. and and in the in that kind of thick air it's not necessarily crazy warm there and you're you're considering a foreign i mean woo, yeah. that thing had to be yeah, smoked I mean, <laughs> well we didn't we didn't really consider even consider at the time at the time we were even like you know do we just take mini driver and just like pound it over the green and just get up and down like really like we just didn't we didn't really even bring up four iron and like after the fact we talked about it and i was like i mean i hit hard to four do iron two you know i hit two four iron two four or 236 so it's like if I nut it, like maybe it carries and I'm like, dude, I'm not going to hit it in the lake, make bogey and finish the 10th after like a good solid week. So. Cause like, you, t- you had told thing. me, you had told me you'd hit it in that pond before. When, when did you do that? That was in a, another yeah. event or what? No, it was in 2015 I, when I Mondayed, um, for the farmers. Oh, and wow. Okay. I want to, I want to say I birdied, I birdied 17 to get to even par. And I think that I thought the cut was going to be like one under or something or, maybe two under or something like that. And so I thought felt like I needed to make at least birdie, if not Eagle. And my brother was caddying for me at the time. And I was like, we're not going for this green unless we can go for it in two with an iron. And sure enough, it was like a perfect three iron at the time. And I hit it a little thin. I was like, just yell and go out of my, and, uh, and it landed right in the middle of the bank, rolled in the water. And I was like, man, that's a, that's a crusher. So. Oh man. And I, I'll say this about the 18th at Torrey Pines. The first time I got there as a, as a kid and checked out the 18th and I'd watched that event so many times over the years on TV. And that pond looks so big on TV yeah. with all the moments that have happened over the years, ball spins back in the water, you know, the moment with Tiger Woods on the 18th hole at the U S open. And I get there, I'm like, that's it. It looks like a, just a glorified pond like just a yeah it's not big at all it's not intimidating you just know it's there i know it's a very public course pond it's very it's a large puddle really (laughs) that's uh, what it is it it looks like you could walk right across it like that it's just cement underneath it and it's like two feet two feet high of water is what it looks like it's not intimidating but you do know it's there with a three iron i'll say that that yeah that's for sure it's definitely right in your viewpoint (laughs) <laughs> well you've uh also got some good news from the waste management phoenix open them calling you uh this past week and giving you some good news i hear 
Yeah, yeah, I was on uh, a drive home yesterday with my brother and and uh, and my coach in the car, and we were um, the guys over at Waste Management, um, George and and Colby gave me a call, and um, yeah, gave me the the word that I got a sponsor invite just in case I don't get in off my number. I think I'm I think I'm now second alternate or something like that. So that was uh, that was pretty cool. They kind of they the way they were wording it and how it was going, I was like, oh, I feel like they're kind of letting me down soft here. And, <laughs> and I was a little bummed. And then they kind of flipped it on me and were like, we'd be honored if you'd play. So yeah, super excited to be, you know, heading back to Arizona tomorrow. So I'm really excited to be prepping for that. I mean, that just had to be just the, the best little mini fist pump. Just like, come on, we're finally getting some momentum and playing in the events that I want to play in. And and you just recently moved to Scottsdale. Uh, so that, that for you, you probably feel comfortable going to a golf course that you've seen plenty of times now. Yeah, no, I mean, that was, and that was kind of part of the move as well. It was like, you know, I mean, might as well, I've always kind of admired guys to get the opportunity to have events at, you know, PGA tour events or big events at their home course. And I'm like, I would love to have a little advantage at some point in one of these things. And so I was like, Scottsdale seems like the right fit for me. And with PXG being out there and, and still close enough to home Southern California, right. it's a five and a half hour drive if I ever need to come back. So um yeah being on the practice there comfortable on the course i like the course feel like it fits my game pretty well so um yeah i'm pumped it's gonna be a it's gonna be an exciting week have you ever been to a waste management phoenix open i have not <laughs> i have <laughs> <Boy>. not <laughs> yeah my college i think it was my college roommate went i want to say either our senior year in school or maybe my first year as a pro something like that he went and I mean, he, had a day. he went once and hasn't gone back. So I think <laughs> that says it all. He's retired. He's retired from being a fan at, at the Waste Management Phoenix Open. I always love the videos yeah. that come out, not only from the, the folks that are running to get a good seat, but also like the end of the day, guys that are wobbling away and, and off the cart path trying to make it to an Uber. It's a it's quite the scene. And I'll say this as a pro, the first time uh, that I played I, the morning tea time, for the most part, like you'll you'll sometimes get a frost delay at that event and i remember one year i'm sitting on the putting green about to warm up and i think we were in a frost delay, so we're kind of just hanging until they gave us the go ahead and jake when i when i kid you not like the the craziest scene when they let the gates open and you're sitting there on the putting green and you're just watching thousands and thousands of people in these costumes run run past you you're with beers sprint. in their hand it's just the most you're like i gotta go play golf after this like this is so yeah, weird. where am i yeah <laughs> Yeah, my parents were thinking about coming out, and I'm like, I love you guys, but I don't think you're going to enjoy like that event too much. I'm like, I say, you know, wait, come to one later in the year, and you know, we'll we'll find a better one. Plus, they're like, oh, I want to see everybody on 16. I'm like, you don't get to see 16. I'm like, you'll, you know, you'll see me hit on uh, on 15, and then I probably won't see you till 18 green because those things. I mean, being out there now and practicing like those, those uh, bleachers and everything have been up since like probably october november so i mean it's it's a full-on stadium now for those that 16 17 and 18 i'll say this the there is a pga tour credentialed area so for family uh, my my, okay. my family used to always be able to get to that spot so just there might be somebody for you to reach out to on that to make sure if they want yeah. to come they can see you play on 16 because I, I, I remember it. my wife um and my my parents uh came out and did the same i, I don't remember 17 18 also I was playing with Ricky Fowler, so it was it was chaos the oh, entire man. way around. So it was it was a little <laughs> nuts. Uh, hopefully, you get a great pairing as well to experience, uh, like playing with Ricky Fowler. There, it's it's pretty pretty remarkable to say to say the least. <laughs> yeah, I, I can imagine. So uh, I kind of want to just 
hit the rewind button. You're, you're obviously in a great spot now in the PGA Tour, but I want to go back all the way uh, starting in college at UCLA and kind of work our way back to 2024. Uh, just kind of take me through the years. Uh, you, you didn't finish at UCLA. So let's, let's start there and then kind of work our way to when you eventually did turn pro. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I spent my uh, freshman, sophomore, junior year at UCLA and then um, went back for my senior year, decided to do Q school kind of in the, during that fall um, and didn't get any status, but just kind of had a talk with my parents and was like, listen, you guys can spend another six months paying for me to go to school or I can start trying to make some money now. And, um, you know, they were, they were uh, nice enough to support me through that and allow me to make that decision. And they felt they, they kind of just allowed me that they were like, if you feel like you're ready and it's what you want to do, then, you know, we'll support it. But, yeah. um, but it was kind of one of those things I had to support my, myself the entire time. That was kind of part of the deal. They let me live at home or, you know, if it were up to them, I'd still live at home, but, uh, <laughs> they, uh, they let me live at home and travel out of there. So yeah, I mean, I decided to turn pro after Q school and, um, try to do like Latin America Q school and that stuff early. And I remember I missed, I had like lipped out a putt on my last hole and I'm like, man, that putt's probably gonna be important. And then sure enough comes down to the end of the event and I missed out by guaranteed spots by a shot. And I was like mm. crushed and, uh, went to Canadian Q school, missed at that. And then went up to, uh, do some Mondays for Canada and Monday into Kelowna, which was like the third event. Yeah, um, what, and so what, year, what year are we in now? That was in 2016. Okay. Summer so in 2016. 2016. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And so went up there, I played enough, played a few events, you know, I, I played well enough to play my way into the next few events or something, played a couple that year. Um, and then came back down and in 2017, um, after that, and then won Canadian Q school. So, okay. So uh, now you're, now you're went, set on that tour. Yeah. So now I'm set in 2017, um, went up there probably, I think I finished like top five or something like that in the first event and played okay in the next couple. And then I was maybe sitting like 15 or 30 or something like that on the points list. And maybe like halfway through the season, my back really started to bother me. Mm. And so I went home, kind of got it checked out. Didn't look, didn't look super great. Went and played the next week and it was tough, like just kind of walking at that point. So decided to call the rest of that year, just a wash, um, took the rest of the season off. I ended up finishing like, 58 or something like that on the points list so it retained my status for the following year without playing i only played i think six tournaments um so went and did like basically i had like two two bad bulging discs in like my lower back um so did mm. like decompression therapy and and all that kind of stuff for for probably like six months or something like three days yeah. a week for like six months um and then i was honestly super pumped for 2018 was super excited felt super healthy um, was starting to practice like early in the year, had like four or five months to prep and everything else. And I think this is just like the immature side of me and everything else. I just, you know, I thought I was so ready and then went up there and just played awful for an entire summer in 2018. Really? Yeah. So I just, I just don't think I really knew how to prepare for tournaments and, and how to mm -hmm. truly get myself ready. Um, and, uh, yeah, so 2018 played terrible, missed a bunch of cuts and, even if I made the cut kind of had like a crummy day on Saturday mm -hmm. or Sunday and finished in 30th and you just don't get any points for that. So, um, ended up losing my status in Canada in 2018. Um, 
and was in the off season. I think it was like October. So right when Q school is about to start and a moment I'll never forget. I'm just in the, in the gym with my buddy. He's going to go run to the bathroom real quick before we start our workout work. We have a bath, like a kind of a basketball court in our gym. We were working out at the time. And, uh, these guys asked if I, we needed one more and we used to play pickup basketball every night of the week. And so Love I was that. like, yeah, sure. I'll Love run that. one while my buddy's getting warmed up. Why not? Or going to the bathroom. Why not? So I jump in there and like two plays into the game, jump up, come down on a guy's foot and then roll, roll my ankle terribly and tear three ligaments in my left foot. <laughs> so the conversation didn't go over too well with my parents on that one came in limping. And I was like, man, I, my life is over. This is done. And then, and then also at that point, I mean, so I had turned pro in 2016, signed a three-year deal with TaylorMade out of college uh, or TaylorMade and Adidas. And so I was set for 2016, 17, 18. So at that point, I was basically a free agent. Mm-hmm. Well, as a free agent, just lost my status in Canada, just rolled my ankle, not doing Q school this year. And that was kind of like the first question mark for me, whether it was like, or where I was like, you know, if I wanted to, I could kind of, I could kind of just stop now you know it's like my you know it's like i don't know it just didn't really seem like it was panning out for me the timing wasn't good you know was never the, got any sponsors. Was the passion still there like was the love for the game all still there were you like getting that frustrated to where you're like yeah like, i'm i'm done with this yeah i think i just got tired of people telling me like oh you'll be out there and you know or why aren't you out there you know playing in college against rom and spieth and justin mm-hmm. and all these guys who are having so much success and um and i just flat out wasn't and um so yeah i think i was just kind of fed up with that side of it and then also um you know just hadn't had any success on my own and i have i have a tattoo on the inside of my right arm that says confidence comes from doing and i just felt like i hadn't done anything yet so i hadn't like earned the right for that confidence so i just think i was struggling in that department um and you know anytime my brain kind of went that direction i was just I was like, you know, there's nothing else I want to do. Like I still, I had like the passion never left. Like I loved practicing every single day. I'm at the course 24 seven. I'm not one of those guys that has like a ton of other hobbies and things they love doing. So, um, whether I played golf competitively or professionally or not, like I love being around the course and that's Mm -hmm. just, that's just my place. So, um, yeah, I, I had to take, you know, all of October, November, December. I remember I started to kind of make some, some one, footed swings in like kind of january ish and then um oh, which foot was it left or right left foot oh even worse and uh I feel like that's and awful. i had kind of i had kind of one of those like active like justin thomas style footwork where like my left toe came off the ground and mm-hmm. i hated that part about my swing i always wanted to like kind of like ricky i wanted to like punch it into my left heel and post up my left leg i just thought it looked better and uh so when my left ankle stopped working all of a sudden that just became how i swing i was like wow, this is, this is great. Kind of fixed my flaw. Um, and I got, I got lucky enough to get set up at the end of 2018, the, the old head pro at my home course, Tom Sargent, who taught Bob may pretty much his entire career and some other guys out on, out on tour. Um, he set me up with a guy who was, who had invested a few times in, in players in the past. Um, but only really like two different guys. And, really nice guy member at a course nearby and uh you know we sat down and had lunch i told him that i don't have the money basically to fund this next season but i would love to play um and so he was generous enough to 
you know, we negotiated a deal where he got a percentage of what I earned and then, Mm -hmm. you know, but it allowed me, it allowed me to pay for golf and play golf. So I was like, listen, I live at home. Like I don't have a lavish lifestyle. Like my expenses are almost nothing outside of golf. So I was like, if you're willing to take care of it, I'm all in. And, uh, and then I right like shortly after that, I won Q school again in 2019 for Canada. Wow. Um, two-time uh, Canadian Q school champion, Jake. Yeah, I, don't know to. <laughs> I know. I don't know if that's the title. I, let, I, they made a I should have let off with that, that man. You didn't, you didn't tell me that the other day. I, I, yeah, that was I, a, the, the I best way to start. Down, I must've taken down the two-time champ banner behind me or something. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was 2019. I, or that was the start of 2019. I won one Q school again out at Wigwam. Um, actually played in the final round of Will Zalatoris. Really? Is, Wow. Which is pretty funny. Um, and it was kind of one of those moments where both of us, I think we're playing there. And for me, especially seeing him, I'm like, what are you like? What are you doing here? Like, we both <laughs> know you're going to get plenty of sponsor exemptions. Like, you yeah. don't you don't need to be doing any of this. Um, and uh, yeah, I was able to win that and got Canadian tour status. And, you know, I think my perspective changed a little bit on everything. I was very appreciative of just to be playing and um, was proud of like the work I was putting in. And I think a little for not forgotten about. I mean, luckily, I mean, yeah. tricks on signed me. Um, well, and I Rodney think I know who signed you too. It was, uh, Mike Dunphy. Mike is, Dunphy. He's a neighbor yeah. of mine, which is, which is why I've always looked out for your name. I've known your name probably since you've been signed by them because Dunphy has, has told me how good you are. So I've, that's, <laughs> that's where like, I've, I think I probably remember your name just from like UCLA in itself, but then he was like, no, this kid's legit. Yeah, that's, that's dump. He was, <laughs> oh, he yeah. was a man. He's, he's a great guy. And he was, he's still my biggest fan. He, he still texts me and everything else. He's awesome. Right. And, uh, um, yeah, they, they signed me on for three years. I went, I remember I asked Taylor made if I could get a new set of irons for that season and basically got a text back saying like, yeah, it's going to be X dollars per club if you want them. And I was like, that's tough. I'm like, there it is right there. And, that really, uh, and that, I mean, that's, on. that's tough, you know, like, I mean, you just get, you get free clubs, free balls for so long. And then until you get to a point where it's like, wait, I got to start paying for this. Like this, that's a, that's a reality yeah. check for any pro golfer. It's like, this is where club companies see me, but I know I I'm way better than what they're seeing right now. So that, that had to be a tough pill yeah. to swallow for sure. For sure. Yeah, that one hurt, especially like I'd been with them since I was like a sophomore in high school. So it was like, you know, it's almost like one of those really like, come on, guys, like it's it's me. Like you've taken care of me for so long. Like, you know, I always represented you guys well and everything. But, you know, it just comes down to performance. And like I've always yeah. loved I've always loved that part of the sport in general. Um, you know, like I I love basketball, baseball, soccer, all that kind of stuff. But I always wanted to be the one to take the last shot. If it was a baseball game, I want mm-hmm. to be the one that's at bat. Like I just, yep. I always wanted to be that person. So that's why I think golf was always kind of my calling. It's like, I want, I want the ball in my hands at all times. So, um, and there's good side of that and bad side. It's like, you know, if you play poorly, it's only you to blame, play well, you get all the credit, but I right. love, I love that part of it. Well, can we fast forward a little bit to, uh, I mean, eventually like the story that kind of broke out and we had James Nitties on our podcast about uh, a couple of weeks ago, who I'm sure you've gotten to know a little bit uh, through the Corn Ferry tour. And, and he had kind of mentioned that your storyline was interesting because you worked at a 
uh, called a restaurant turning into a nightclub called the Country Club, which for a golfer, it's like similar to when I was at LSU, the bar that we all went to was called Bogey's. So it's like, you know what? It kind of goes hand in hand. It's like if your parents ask where you're going, say I'm going to the Country Club, you know, just got to get some work done. But for you, when did when did uh, when did that job become open for you? Because I think you were on and off the Canadian tour and and just looking for a paycheck at, at, at the time. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So like we were just saying like 2019, I went up there and I won, I won twice and, and earned corn fairy status. So I went on corn fairy during that, that COVID season and played decent at the start. I had like a top 10 in Mexico and was like, all right, like, there we go, get the year going. And then the season shut down. And, uh, unfortunately it was just like, never, was just like never really able to, to find my footing after that, for some reason, just, I don't know if it was time away from competition or what, it really was not able to, you know, get in a routine, but after those two years just made little to no money, didn't play well at all. Um, and so I lost my status and, you know, I played 20 and 21. And so I lost my status after 21 and then go to Dude, Q school. Are, and these, the are four about, long, these are four long years. Like the, just going through yeah. all this, this is a lot of time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, been a while. I mean, I've been professional now for eight years. So, yeah. you know, I know people call me a, call me a young man still and all that kind of stuff, but I've been, I've been at it since, I you know, feel old, late. Yeah. yeah, I've been at it since 22, 21 ish. So, um, yeah, I mean, losing, losing status there stinks. And what, what a lot of the people don't realize is like when you lose status on the corn ferry, you lose your status, which means you're probably not playing very well. And then they're like, congratulations, come pay X amount of dollars. You're going to do Q school in two weeks. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you get a few months to reset, prepare, get ready. It's like <laughs> you're playing crappy. I hope you can figure it out next week because that's going to set up your next 10 months. So, um, so that one sucked. I mean, I got, I had to go all the way back to first stage. I went to like an overflow site in Chicago and it was like, 80 corn fairy guys because it was all the guys kind of waiting to see if they were going to have status or not um and was able to get through there and then went to new mexico for second stage and just wasn't wasn't my week didn't play well finished in like 30th and didn't get through um Mm. and literally as soon as as soon as that finished i went home remember talking to my brother and i was like dude i need i need to do something like i need a job whatever and at the time or he still kind of has his own real estate deal and he's like just come work for me i'll I'll help you out with her i was like i don't i don't want handouts i don't want Mm -hmm. people just to throw me a few bucks here and there and so yeah i started looking at places that would hire like a bar back or maybe security or do something like that and uh went to a few places they said they were kind of full and then the same Mm -hmm. owner owns a lot of different bars in our area and they were like oh there's this bar up in costa mesa that could could use some new security if you're looking for that and i was like i know that place isn't like too crazy like i'll give it a go and uh yeah i started working there in october of 21 um and uh worked there all the way until may of may of 22 right after i worked there the weekend after my first canadian tour event in 22 but um yeah worked there for like eight nine months man just listening to you hear you say that and and going back you know 20 minutes to the beginning of our conversation talking about what it was like coming down the stretch to try to win a PGA tour event and then just hear you kind of go through the last 10 minutes of of where you've been in this crazy game it it reminds me of the journey um not quite nearly as long uh, as Eric Coles but a guy that just grinded and grinded and grinded and just kind of kept hitting the rock as Max Homa has said plenty of times and eventually that rock is going to break and and for you I mean 
I can't imagine the amount of nights that you just sat there dealing with probably the most bullcrap stuff of, of, of drunk arguments and throwing people out or <laughs> you're sitting there thinking to yourself is like, man, is this, is this like what life has in store for me? You know, like, is this kind of, you know, where I'm heading? Like, were there moments like that at one in the morning where you're just sitting there like thinking like, man, this is, this is tough right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for sure. I mean, cause working somewhere like that, I mean, I was there every Friday, Saturday night, you know, I worked New Year's Eve and Christmas Eve and Christmas. I worked Christmas wow. night, actually. That was a wild one. Uh, and then, you know, Halloween, all that kind of stuff. But even just like the regular every Friday, Saturday night from get there at 830, leave. If we were lucky, we'd leave by like 230, but usually it was like three. Um, and yeah, it was just, uh, it was definitely, I mean, because most of the time you're just kind of standing there with a flashlight, just making sure nobody's doing anything they're not supposed to. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, especially in those, especially in those quiet nights. I mean, towards the the last like five months, I was the one standing at the front door checking IDs and doing all that kind of stuff. And it was like, like, man, what am I doing here? You know, it's like, this isn't what I'm supposed to be doing, but you know, I had somebody give me a good piece of advice. It's like, you are where you are for a reason. So if you don't want to be there, work your way out of it. And, uh, so, you know, I didn't, I decided not to play many mini tour events before that Canadian season two. I was just like, you know, I'm just gonna, just gonna grind, you know, I'm just gonna practice, Mm. get better at the things that I've always said I needed to get better at. And I'm just gonna, smash those things head on stopped avoiding all the little stuff that maybe i didn't you know right. didn't give the full attention to um and just that that kind of gave me like the realization it's like like what a not like what a waste but um it's like what a waste it would be to like stop you know and because mm-hmm. i don't i felt like if i would have stopped at any of those moments i would have been like you haven't even tried yet you know it's like you said you're a professional golfer and you said you've been giving it a go but it's like you haven't given all of it. I, you know, it's like, I made sacrifices and stuff, but I was like, I can, I can be doing a lot more. And so, mm-hmm. um, I think my close family and friends have looked over the last two years. And I think there's been a drastic change of, of like how much time I spend on task and how I treat my, you know, I, I mean, I treat it very much like a round the clock job. You know, I don't really do much else. It's what I want to do. So like I've said, these last couple of years, it's like, I just want to squeeze, feel like I squeeze every last drop out of my potential. And, uh, you know, that's, that's just kind of been the goal for the last, the last two years now. Yeah. That's, I mean, that, that rededication, it sounds like just the being in a, in a, a different place and having the perspective to, to realize like, Hey, I still have the talent, but I, I really need to go put the work in. And that's uh, probably why you are where you're standing now. But I have a couple <laughs> more questions about the country club because it's such a, uh, yeah. a fascinating thing. We don't have many bar backs on the PGA tour or security no. uh, bouncers. Uh, is there anybody on the PGA tour that's currently playing right now that you feel like can correctly identify a fake ID better than you? <laughs> um, that's a great question. Probably not. To be <laughs> yeah, honest. you would think uh, so, right? <laughs> I got, I got pretty, I got pretty good after a while. As soon as you get it in your hands, like I, it's so funny. Cause like, you know, buddies in college and stuff had fake IDs. Like I never looked old enough. So I kid you not, I could never even <laughs> fake it if I wanted to. And, uh, and so there would be people that would come up and they hand me their ID. And the first thing is always like confidence and eye contact. You can just tell when a person's <laughs> handing you something that's fake. And sometimes, sometimes it's the way it looks. Sometimes it's just the way, as soon as you pick it up, it either feels like a piece of cardboard or it's super thin or whatever it might be. And like, I wouldn't even have to look at it. I'd be like, you can have this back and you guys have a nice night. So yeah, it was, it was so what are you funny. supposed to do if I have a fake ID and I was going to hand it to you? What, what do I, what's, do I not need to look at you and not be confident? Just, 
No, you gotta you gotta look, be confident. Maybe try to distract me. Ask me how the night's going. Ask how it is inside, but don't don't hand it to me and then look immediately at your toes and you know. Oh, oh, you're saying your okay, so I, okay, you're saying that eye contact and having confidence is what you need to have. I thought you were saying sure. the opposite. Okay, that that was like, oh, yeah. what are you supposed to do then? Because I I had yeah. it all wrong in my head. <laughs> no, yeah, you gotta you gotta go up there with some confidence. Can't can't go in there knowing that you got your. Uh, your big brother's ID and you're not 29 years old when you're really 19. That's a tough one. <laughs> we need to, <laughs> we need to find a way to clip this and tag all of the high school seniors that are heading to college next year to, to really just yep. give them an idea from a, a, a true no pro true here that can, that can yeah. sniff out these <laughs> fake IDs. <laughs> yeah. There's also, I mean, it's funny too, cause there's some bars around where we are that take pride in taking fake IDs. Like mm. they have a shoe box full of them and yeah. they love taking them. And then there's other places that are like, if you just show any form of identification, you know, you're good. And like the, the funniest thing is the amount of people that have come up to me that are quite obviously 20, whether they're like 30, 40, 50 years old and they don't have an ID. And I'm like, listen, I would love, I'd love to let you in. I'm like, we have a very strict ID process where if you don't have an identification, like I can't let you in. If something happens and please show up and they ask, mm-hmm. ask for IDs, I can't let you. So the amount of people that were upset with me night in, <laughs> night out, just 10, 20 times a night of like, look at me. I'm obviously 21. It's like, that's congratulations, but you don't have an identification and I can't let you in. I'm so sorry. All right. So, so you, but you were like 20 pounds heavier, right? But you're the guy that really was the, he was the the muscle behind you. A guy named Tim, you, you mentioned to me, he was the guy that said, Hey man, you got any problems? Like he's the guy to, to you know, pony up and say, you know, yeah, yeah. we got any issues. This is, it gets settled you- real quick. Yeah, to give you an idea, I mean, we have we have Tim, who's our head of security, and he's the nicest guy in the world. I mean, if if you work hard and do what you're supposed to, he'll treat you right. I mean, he always like when any time I had tournaments, he he knew that this was a side gig, and he understands that. So um, he let me do whatever I needed to do. But when I first walked in, my first night, I started with this guy Juwan, and Juwan was trying to also play professional football. Super good dude. We're still good friends now, um, and we both start the same night. Uh, and the top three guys who have been there the longest, I mean, Tim being the head of security, this other guy, big T and he's, <laughs> you know, big human being six foot four and also just the nicest guy. And then we had another guy nicknamed alpha and alpha oh, was about, go. what was your nickname? Six, nothing. Oh I, I man, that like nap dog or something, just something. No, <laughs> no, they just call me, call me whatever K. they wanted to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I, everybody knew that I was that I was a nice guy and I wasn't I wasn't the one that was going to get in the middle of anything if I didn't absolutely need to. Yeah. Um especially once they all found out uh that I played golf it was almost as if everybody was trying to protect me which was pretty funny. You need to protect your wrists um, and your hands too, man. That's you don't the last thing you need is to to break a hand so, during all that. For sure. So, no, we had a we had a good crew then and some guys who were willing and able to step in if anything was was needed. Did you hear from any of those guys after your, your big finish at the farmers? Uh, yeah, Tim, Tim reached out immediately, sent me a message. Uh, Juwan sent me a message. Um, that's cool. Man. The other guys I haven't talked to, but yeah, Tim, Tim still reaches out every single week and he's, and he's well connected in like the sports kind of industry. He played at USC for football, played in the NFL for a little while. Dad played in the NFL for a really long time. So, um, he's always reaching out with, you know, go see this guy for PT, for training, whatever, you know, and obviously football and golf are a little bit different, but I always appreciated talking to him about, you know, playing in any sport at a high level, you know, is, is pretty yeah. special. So you can always learn something from anybody, but, 
um, yeah, they've been awesome reaching out and sending messages and all kinds of stuff. Man, that's awesome. That's, that's so cool. And, uh, I, I just kind of had mentioned that you, you said to me that you were around like 10 to 20 pounds heavier. I'm not sure if that was muscle or not. And I was reading uh, <laughs> something on online that had mentioned that if you did something other than the golf, you would be a fitness instructor, uh, which I kind of led to, all right, what do we know Jake about Jake Knapp as the golfer right now? And it's that you can absolutely drop mail and you can just hit nukes. <laughs> and so I, I have to ask you, uh, from a fitness standpoint, what do, what do you, what do you bench, bro? You know, what, what do you bench? <laughs> <laughs> what, not, what do you squat, too, man? What, what, yeah, what you no, literally. <laughs> I've, uh, I've done a good job of lightening all that stuff up over the past few years. Um, <laughs> did you but, go meathead uh, at any point? Like, or did we get, did oh, we get yeah. in? Oh, let's 100%. go. All right. Throw some numbers yeah. at me. Uh, the heaviest, uh, what was it? The heaviest I ever squatted was 365 for four i believe uh, so or six four six <laughs> i'd have to look i have a whiteboard in my garage that was all written down and then the most i ever benched uh was 260 for two so, 260 for two okay you're gonna have to send me a yeah. picture of this whiteboard because this is gonna I definitely will. definitely make it in because when when people see videos of of you that broke break the internet of your golf swing going viral with your driver, which is probably why your your driver got flagged in the first place, it's like wait yeah. wait this guy hits one ninety yeah. ball speed and it looks like he's swinging it like a wedge. Well, let's yeah. let's turn back the page let's a little bit and this it. guy can he can move some weight back in the day. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I I still can. I mean, my I will say the only the one big investment I made after last season getting out here, um, is I upgraded my home gym. So I've always had, um, since 2020 ish or basically like just before COVID and it was very good timing. I was like wanting to do it forever. I always wanted to work out at home because the gym, mm -hmm. um, that I worked out at forever, um, growing up ended up closing during COVID. Mm. And so I kind of wanted to have my own place. I, I hate, I'm not a big public gym guy. I like old, <sighs> dirty, rusty gym. Yeah. Mm. And uh, so I've always had a squat rack and some, some cable stuff and everything else. But then I decided to upgrade dumbbells, new barbell, trap bar, kettlebells. So a bunch of different stuff. So now I have dumbbells going from 10 to 150 or 110 pounds. Um, I got like, I don't even know how much in weight, but a lot um 110 pounds have you, everything i home. would just look have just they would i would just stare at those yeah. those would just be something that's like a trophy yeah. how often do the 110s come yeah out? we could not too often that's more of an off-season thing so yeah. i usually okay. don't touch above 90 this time of year um but yeah i mean i i just i love training i mean i've always loved i've honestly always loved the bodybuilding community as my old like college teammates know and all that kind of stuff. Like I almost follow bodybuilding more than I follow professional golf. So really, um, yeah, it's just, I mean, I don't as much now I should say I did through college and early professional life, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I just, I don't know. I always loved it. I've actually formed a small relationship with Steve cook, which some people might not know, but, um, he's big in the bodybuilding in. Yeah, in. world. Yeah. I mean, he was, he was the first, um, men's physique champion in the olympia which like the olympia is like the olympics for bodybuilding um and there's different divisions and and whatnot so you have like the open class you have the 212 class which 212 is the max weight um now they have classic physique which chris bumstead's been the champion now for i think four years um and then he was the first men's physique champion which is like kind of more of like a just a 
buff guy. It's not like crazy over the okay. top. It's not like crazy roided out, anything like that. Um, he's probably, if I had to guess, 6'2 and 215 pounds, but he's just ripped, great shape, and he's a diehard golfer now, which is hilarious. Great. So um, I think he actually might be coming out to the waist next week. I'm trying to I'm trying Sick. to finagle him and get him to come out. But, um, but yeah, so, I mean, I've, I've just always loved – Love that side of it. I've always just loved training, loved working out hard. A lot of the guys that my, um, kind of a lot of the guys, or not a lot, but a few of the guys I grew up with working out and whatnot kind of chase bodybuilding. And um, so, yeah, it's always been a, a sport and whatnot that I've been fascinated with. Okay. You know, I have to ask you, have you ever, have you ever entered into a bodybuilding competition? Had to no, ask. But it's always, it's always been my dream. Okay. That's always, that's always been the, uh, the side hustle. That's always been something I want to do, whether when I'm, whether I do it when I'm 60, 50, 40, I don't care. But eventually well, I'd love to do something like that. Invite me. I'm going. I'm going to be your hype man, the guy out there. Deal. Just, you know, the foam finger, you know, <laughs> I don't, or I can be the tan guy, you know, whatever, to make sure that, you, that we, we get, get everything. Well, no problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is, uh, what would be your biggest hurdle for bodybuilding? What body part for you is like the hardest one to get right for bodybuilding, I guess? Uh, I mean, nowadays, probably, probably my legs again, just cause I used to, I mean, I still love training legs. It's my favorite thing to train over the last couple of years, but I had a knee issue the last couple of years with like tearing my quad tendon. So, um, I just had to, uh, no, funny enough. I mean, it was like a wear and tear injury. So yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but it happened when I was on the golf course, my, all of a sudden my quad just started to like tighten up tighten up tighten up I'm like this is really weird and i was just walking like nothing crazy and it felt like a crazy God. charlie horse and then all of a sudden i couldn't bend my leg for a week and i was like man this what? isn't this isn't normal um so it's much better now but i just overall getting like the mass on is the hardest thing because you can't really you can't miss meals you have to stay on top of everything and with so our schedule eating, like. <laughs> yeah and like and i love that part like i stay in airbnbs every week i cook every meal I, that's that's kind of my, really? my side thing. Yeah. But, um, and kind of for that reason, I've always like, I've never been a big foodie. Like I enjoy good food. Don't get me wrong, but I very much eat for fuel. So I eat the same things day in, day out very much like my, my diet and my training program is very much similar to a, to a bodybuilder basically. All right. So you had to whole foods on a, a Sunday or a Monday when you get into town, what are you buying then? Same, same things pretty much every week. I'll buy a big bag of jasmine rice. I'll buy ground turkey, ground chicken, either broccoli or asparagus. Um, the same couple different like hot sauces that I always get. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that'll be about it. And then I pretty much, I'll eat breakfast at the course um, and probably snack on lunch there. So then usually I'll have like a meal before I go to the gym and then shake when I get back and then probably a meal before I go to bed as well. I mean, fuel, fuel is power. And we, and we talked about that power and, uh, where with your driver, are you like, where are you cruising on the golf course with ball speed wise? Ball speed, probably like high eighties, I would say mid to high eighties, like 85 to 89, somewhere in that. If I'm yeah, same guess. Here. Yeah. It's probably same. Here. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean, Look, I, what's, what's the fastest you've ever gotten? I know I've, t- I know I've like, well, I mean, I have a video last year of getting, I think it was like literally 199.8, like on the range in Ohio. We State. round up. We round up. Yeah, exactly. 200 for sure. Um, but I remember I worked with Mark Blackburn for a short stint and yeah. um, 
we were hitting in uh, at his facility. Yeah, here in Birmingham. And yeah, my, absolutely. Just 15 minutes on the road. We were doing a ton of wedge work at the time. We were working together, and then he was like, also, I need to make sure you train your speed because I can't have you getting slower doing all this wedge stuff. So, like, you need to make sure you train to go fast. And so we did some speed work, you know, just kind of that day messing around. And he was just like, all right, that's pretty quick. And I'd never gotten over 136 club head speed. That's always been my cap. And 100 what is like 130 what? 136 was my <laughs> Dude, it doesn't look like you're to. moving the club that fast. Like, yeah. like you're, do you just have like a crazy stiff shaft? Like, or do you feel like you're swinging like it really hard? Because it doesn't look fast at all. No, I mean, that's always kind of been my thing with training, to be honest, is I always, I mean, the physical side to it with like growing up watching Tiger all my life, I always thought that he just looked physically dominant. You know, like you watched him at a course, he just, his posture was good. He looked strong and I just looked intimidating to me. So I was like, man, I want to step on the first tee and I want to intimidate guys. And um, so that kind of started it. But then, yeah, I mean, for me, training has always been one of those things where it's like, if I can, if I can get it to let's say 127 club head speed with driver. I want to be able to swing it at 127 with the least amount of effort as possible. So if I can just get stronger and get faster and have it still go the same speed with less effort, I mean, ideally it should get put less stress on my back and wrists and shoulders and all that. Um, and for the most part, I just let my body move how it wants to move. I mean, everybody's kind of has their own swing and their own deal. Yeah. And I feel like if you swing a club or a club long enough, your body's going to just kind of figure out a way to do it. And so I've tried to change a few things and and manage it in a certain way. But for the most part, I kind of just let my body move how it wants to. And if that's the speed it wants to go at, then I'm all for it. So I definitely, I definitely have levels and I can definitely go a lot faster with that on course speed to me. Usually my, my number one swing thought is smooth, like cruise it. Like I try not to try not to swing too fast, try not to go too crazy. You know, you'll, You'll definitely know when I go after some. I'm sure there'll be a few at some point this year, but you'll you'll definitely be able to tell when I'm going at it. Are you playing Vedanta in Mexico? Yeah, I will be there. Send it, brother. Send it. I mean, <laughs> it is a funny send fest. I looked through some uh, some of the tournament. I tried to pick a few tournaments this year that I thought fit my game well based on the courses and whatnot. So I looked through some of the past champions and guys who hit it far and maybe have similar attributes to me. And I saw that Finau won that one. I was just like, all right, let's put a little star around Mexico. Apparently that's going to be, you're going to love that place. Of course, if you hit it far, you're going to love that place. A lot of, a lot of the uh, players are hitting six, five and four irons into, into some par four greens where you're going to have eight, nine irons. So that'll be a huge advantage that week. But, uh, and as it goes to strategy, you kind of just talked about how you want to be smooth at 127. You know, a lot of players that are really long, take a lot of pride and have a bit of an ego to how far they hit the golf ball. Like they'd rather be top 10 in the driving statistic than top 10 in the scoring average because they hit it so far. Like for you, do you, do you feel like you have to be one of the longest players on tour? Do you, or do you, is that the type of strategy you take into a golf course week in week out? Are you a a guy that just, he kind of picks his way around or are you somebody that always hits driver uh, whenever you can? Yeah. I mean, I, uh, I, it's funny. So, I mean, that was kind of like last year for me is I felt like everybody always told me that the corn fairy didn't suit me well, or like we'd show up that nothing ever pissed me off more than we'd show up to a course that's just big and open and no trouble and guys would be like, Oh, you must love this week. And it's like, 
what tells you what what's telling you that like i don't i hate open courses i mean look at how i played in the desert the other week i hate open courses with big fairways and big area like i have a tough time focusing it just doesn't i I need to figure out how to play better on those some weeks but um but yes i'm not a big fan of those courses and i'd if you know i think last year was big for me because i proved that i can play um on a lot of different styles of courses um whether it's long short tree lines yeah. open links you whatever. Sony. So, yeah yeah so i mean sony putted bad in the weekend but yeah i mean everybody was like oh sony's a you're not gonna have many drivers and it's short tight dog legs and whatever and it's like okay so it's like canada you know like i'll go <laughs> hit two iron everywhere and i'll have a nine iron contest like i'm okay with that yeah so i've always tried to be as well-rounded as i possibly can i mean obviously my length um not everybody has the ability to do that mm-hmm. but if you would have put me on tour two or three years ago or four years ago like yeah i'd be ego chasing and i'd just be swinging out of my shoes every time and hitting it all over the planet but i kind of know i'm comfortable with who i am like i know i can <laughs> swing it fast like it's you know it just kind of is what it is and, it, and it's funny when some guys you know whether they think they hit it super far or they want to have a contest and this and that whatever it's like like I, you know, it's just not, not for me. Or when somebody says like, Oh, you're only number three right. in driving distance with this week. So-and-so is faster. And it's like, okay, like it's fine. good for them. You know, like I'm okay with it. That's fine. Like, I know I can move it quick. Like I, I'm just trying to play the best golf I can. I'm trying to shoot the lowest score. Like whether that means I choke up and hit every drive at 120 club head speed, or I'd lengthen out and swing everyone at 131. I'll do whatever's necessary and whatever the course calls for. So, so you're telling me like two or three years ago when you were teeing off, you would have a protein shake in your back pocket and raw, raw eggs in your front pocket just after tee yep. shots. <laughs> I mean, I still have a protein shake in my bag every week. This, Let's this, go. Uh, these Let's last go. three or four seasons, that's my thing. I don't, I hate eating on the course. I can't stand it. So I just have a protein shake the turn and I go about my business. <laughs> I, and, and you you mentioned the, uh, the gym that you have at your own home. Is that a, uh, like that, that to me, like I, I picture you being like a Bill Belichick cut off hoodie and, and cut off on the sleeves. Is that, is that the workout attire for you? I'm a sweatpants and I'm a sweatpants and hoodie guy. And if you don't okay. do the sweat through the hoodie, you ain't working hard enough. So oh, that's um, my man. God, but yeah. print it on a t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. I'm old. I'm old school in that way. I like, I hate the, the matching fits into the gym and all that kind of stuff. Like if you see, in the, see me in the gym, I'll probably wearing like either vans or crappy high tops or something or whatever it's just like i don't know it's just more my thing i'm not a workout yeah. gear guy or anything like that and uh yeah my gym's dirty and dusty and you know love there's it. stuff written all over the place and yeah so, i love that I mean, we got the michael jordan uh picture behind you just yeah yep. I'm, I'm here for that and oh yeah and uh and so you said airbnbs you know that you rent those throughout the year you cook your own food and any any player that i've ever kind of talked to or you know asked about like hey where you know where are you staying and, and if they're like a guy that always stays in airbnbs those are the guys that are always traveling with like their xbox or playstation are you one of those guys <laughs> i used to be uh, uh, i was about I mean, to say like i, I had you yeah. pegged i feel like you gotta be like a call of duty guy or like a uh something like that yeah, I'm I'm a big video game guy. I mean, I'm talking to you right now on my gaming laptop. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I'm a big I'm a big video game guy. I love that stuff. I used to travel with it more. Um, I don't really anymore. If like if I was going to be gone for like seven weeks or something like that, and I really wanted to, then I would bring it. But these days, I mean, I'm not really traveling much more than like three four days a week. So I just yeah. let it let it stay at home. But 
yeah, my place in Arizona, I have my nice, I mean, it's right in the middle of my living room. My place isn't too, <laughs> isn't too fancy. It's simple, just golf clubs and gaming. So, um, yeah, but I have that, that set up. I play apex and call of duty mostly. Okay. Um, bring Verdance and, back uh, or no? Hopefully. Golly. I don't play much call of duty anymore. Cause I just think it's terrible now, but yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's not great. I, I, uh, yeah. I had to quit when I had a baby, but man, during COVID, there was nothing better waking up at 9am and, and all the boys oh. are on and there's just nothing yeah. going on during the day. So we just, we well, just mean, grind literally. until we get hungry at lunchtime. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was like our routine. Like since I was one at the gym stuff, it was literally, you know, I have a group of a group chat of, you know, 10 guys or something like that. And we've all been friends forever. And so, uh, and some of them still live around me. So, I mean, we would just text each other in the morning, we'd get on. And then once we'd get off to eat, everybody would come over, we'd all work out together, go back home, play until midnight, you know, and it was just, that was the life. Is your, is your gamer tag Jake nap golf? Uh, it is not. It's, okay. uh, it's, it's nap time though. So it's nap time. It's oh, I like that. Time. Okay. Yeah. Well, mine's Sid to sniper. I was the, uh, I was the bot, uh, that just kind of was the, you know, when we played Fortnite, I was the guy that always had, I was like the medic, you know, I, I was just the cleanup oh, crew, if you will. So, you know, I, I was who's there for the morale. Pops, who's got the meds. Yeah. yeah. I was there for morale, you know, the grenade guy. I was always, you know, just Mr. Utility, man. And ever dance, I had to ask this too. Where was y'all's drop spot? Ours was hospital. We went to we went to military. Up in the uh, top we never right we never we never saw each other then. So uh, yeah. we were we we were right That's in the middle of the top of hospital the, every single time. <laughs> that is awesome. I love it. <laughs> it was it was a heck of a grind. And and uh, the last question on video games. So did you play any like Tiger Woods games? Like were those some of the ones you grew up playing? For sure. Yeah. Did you play like yeah, any the PGA Tour courses this year? That you're like, I'm excited to see like it in person and not on a video game. I didn't. Um, I think, gosh, what was it? The only we we kind of got into it for a little while once Call of Duty got kind of bad. We played PGA Tour those different games for a little bit. This um, any good? And I was, um, they're okay. Like yeah. you know, I mean, they're they're fun. Like you go and play them with four guys and just have a good time and make little bets and whatnot. And it's a, it's a fun time. But I always kind of was a little biased towards what courses we were going to play. Like I always <laughs> wanted to play Tori. I mean, Tori's always just been one of my favorite courses ever. Um, and then also I always pick the ones that I've played before. So I kind of knew the idea of <laughs> as long as I made the video game correctly, this slope should be here. Ball should go this way. And it was give myself a little insider information. It was like Tiger Woods. I think it was like 07 is the game that I, I, I distinctly remember to be able to hit the power up with the B button to get the drive yeah. and then and then controlling the spin while the ball's in the air. I mean, although the like graphic mash spin. Yeah. yeah. It just like and then you're just changing it all the directions based <laughs> on like how it's flying into the green. So uh, I, I miss I miss playing that game. The graphics probably if you played it now, you'd be like, I can't believe. I was okay with like this, like how it looks, but yeah. Oh, literally. I mean, that's, it's so funny when I look at that stuff now, cause we still, you know, like I'll still have like my Nintendo 64 set up sometimes and play on that thing. And I'm like, it's hilarious that this is like revolutionary, you know, not that long ago either, which I is know. nuts. I mean, even now I play in a PC versus an Xbox and I'll come back and like, look at one of my buddies, Xbox or look at my brothers or something like that. I'm like, how do you play on this thing? Yeah. That's I'm what like, you'd be saying it. in my house too, but I don't get yeah. to play anymore. <laughs> my oh, setup was tough. always an issue. I would be like sitting so far away from the TV, but it was all just about like having my morning cup of coffee and just having good vibes with yeah. the boys. <laughs> that's the thing. That's what people don't realize too. It's like, I, I, 
99% of the time, if I'm playing video games, I'm playing with like some buddies because I'm, you know, want to talk to somebody, haven't yeah. seen them in a while, whatever it might be. I'm like, I, I very rarely, if ever, sit down and just play video games by myself. And if I do, it's probably for 30 minutes. And I'm like, all right, this is boring. I'm getting off. <laughs> and, so. and as soon as I, if I would have ever bought like a PC gaming laptop and because that would be the moment that I like, like would take trying to be better at video games seriously. And my wife would be like, wait, are you seriously going to yeah. invest in becoming a better, better video game player? And so <laughs> I never, I never was able to take the leap into actually getting yeah. a good gaming setup. So, and, and, and probably rightfully so I didn't need to be doing that while I was playing video games for the most part, I was playing like crap. So I, I probably yeah. didn't need to be playing at all anyways. <laughs> yeah, I know that was, that was kind of my thing is I was like, you know, I've had some tournaments where I've played well and brought my video games and I've had some where like I brought my setup with me and traveled with all this junk and then I don't even Can't open it for three weeks. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's like, I got all these different things. I'm like, how about we just leave it at home? And like, we enjoy playing video games when we're home and then that's it. And so that's kind of what it's turned into now. All right, it's nap time. Sid to Snipe and I, we might have to do a uh, little rendezvous and and play yeah. some uh, and and play, get get our uh, setup on live and we'll we'll play something together because uh, heck yeah, it's just got to be after back. bedtime. Got to be after bedtime. Deal. That's <laughs> the only time I play. I'm not a I'm not a during the day guy. Perfect. Well, I love it. Well, I mean, shoot, I I feel like this was a fantastic conversation, and uh, Jake, looking forward to seeing you at the the uh, Waste Management Phoenix Open. I know you're just thrilled and excited about playing that event, but also getting off to a great start on the PGA Tour. I mean, uh, just kind of last thoughts on what you're looking forward to the most uh, the rest of the year. Is there uh, one particular event, or just really, you know, continue to try to play well to to play get into some of these signature events? Yeah, I mean, I'd love to just really get into those signature events, obviously. Um, and there aren't too many events that I'm crazy looking forward to. I'm, I am looking forward to the Canadian Open. Um, my mom's from Canada, and so we always get some family that comes out for that event. And so um, that's a fun one that I've played that course before as well. So that'll be a good one to go back to. But yeah, I mean, ideally play well enough to, you know, maybe work my way into some majors. And, you know, for the most part, I've kind of stopped setting external goals and i just want to go and you know keep playing well get myself in contention and just try to play the best i can feel like every every week feel like i left everything out there no regrets so just gonna let it go well i look forward to following you out on the pga tour as i'm on the ground most weeks and looking forward to watching some of these bombs and if i feel like you're kind of lacking in the speed department i'm just gonna keep a protein shake in my back pocket when i follow you so when i'm out there and i <laughs> hand you something and say hey man like you need to eat your spinach like popeye and I'm going to give it to you. You just got to gotta take it and, and, and eat it or, or drink it and just be okay with it. <laughs> Deal. I'll roll with it. I can do that. Just give me a little chirp and I'll get it going. No problem. Right. I love it. I love it. <laughs> All right, man. Well, thank you for joining and looking forward to seeing you over in Phoenix. Of course. Thank you, Smiley. Thanks for having me. I'll yep. see you guys soon. Absolutely. The Smiley Show is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast.